Well, welcome to Fueling Kentucky, the podcast for the Kentucky Petroleum Marketers Association. I'm your host, Brian Clark. And in the studio today, we have a uh, special guest, Maddie Schuler, Senior Tax Consultant with Dean Dorton. Uh, welcome, Maddie. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to get a chance to talk with you today a little bit about the CARES Act. And uh, Dean Dorton is a KPMA member uh, and, of course, a well well-known, well-respected accounting firm here in Kentucky. Um, you can certainly learn more about their services at deandorton.com. And uh, we appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today to learn a little bit more about the CARES Act. Um, and so maybe you could talk with us a little bit, Maddie, about what is the CARES Act and why is it potentially of value to small businesses like our KPMA members? Sure. So the CARES Act, um, let me make sure I, I get this right, is, is short for the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act. Um, and it was signed into law uh, at the end of March, at the end of last month, and was a massive stimulus package, so over $2 trillion, um, that was designed to help Americans and businesses that are suffering the, the economic consequences of, of the coronavirus pandemic that we've been dealing with. And it covered a wide range of topics from unemployment to healthcare to business loans to tax uh, and, and is designed to help keep businesses afloat, you know, during this difficult time. So for small businesses, there are some key provisions that are designed to help with cash flow, um, including uh, small business loans and payroll tax credits that, that are designed to provide some immediate liquidity to those businesses. Um, and then there were also some changes to the income tax laws uh, that might reduce a company's current tax liability or even create opportunities for businesses to file amended returns for prior years and receive refunds. So if you are a small business and you haven't already, uh, definitely reach out to your professional advisor um, to discuss some of the aspects of the CARES Act that could benefit you. Right, and and thanks again for I'll just say right up front for for your input today and guidance, and of course, uh, as with all all things, we we recommend you talk to your uh, financial advisor uh, as we discuss these items today to see what's relevant for you and your business, uh, and certainly uh, appreciate the time from uh, from Maddie and Dean Dorton to give us some of their insights. So, along that line, could you name some specific sections of the CARES Act that are particularly relevant um, for Kentucky petroleum marketers and our KPMA members throughout Kentucky. Sure. So, so I know one program that was created by the CARES Act that's been getting a lot of press lately um, is the Paycheck Protection Program. So that's a program that provides for small business loans um, with the opportunity of forgiveness if a company retains its employees and then uses the loan proceeds for certain allowable uses. Um, after the funding for the first round of Paycheck Protection Program loans was exhausted, um, Congress did pass another law appropriating additional funds, and the Small Business Association has resumed accepting those applications. So that is one program. And then the, the CARES Act also implemented two payroll tax relief measures um, that, I, that I'd like to talk about today. Um, the first is the Employee Retention Tax Credit, and that's a refundable payroll tax credit available to certain businesses. And the goal of that credit is, is to incentivize lawyers, you know, to retain their employees even if they've been shut down or they've experienced economic hardship as a result of COVID-19. And then another option uh, to preserve cash flow created by the CARES Act is a provision that allows employers to defer the employer share of Social Security taxes uh, for all reporting periods through the end of 2020, so through the end of the year. So, so those are kind of some key programs in the CARES Act that 
uh, are designed to provide that sort of immediate cash flow for businesses that are really struggling right now in light of all that's going on related to COVID-19. Well, certainly an important uh, topic for any business today. So let's talk a little bit about the employer retention tax credit. Um, what types of businesses are eligible for that tax credit? Sure. So the employee retention tax credit, as I mentioned, it's a refundable payroll tax credit, and it's equal to 50% of qualified wages paid uh, with respect to each employee up to a certain threshold. And it's a, la- it's a credit that's allowed against the employer portion of Social Security taxes. Is there a size limit for those employees and what do companies need to, to be above or below a certain threshold to, to qualify? That's right. So there's, there's no size limit. Um, but the average number of full-time employees that an employer had in 2019 um, does impact how that credit is calculated. So if an employer averaged more than 100 full-time employees in 2019, um, the qualified wages that can be considered for purposes of the credit are wages paid when the employee is not providing services, so not working. If if the employer averaged 100 or fewer full-time employees during 2019, then all employee wages um, are are considered qualified wages. And then as far as getting back a little bit to the eligibility, so there there are a few, although there's not a size limit, there are some eligibility requirements for that credit. So an employer um, must be carrying on a trade or business um, in calendar year 2020 and then has to meet one of two criteria. So the operation of that business uh, must be fully or partially suspended during the calendar quarter as a result of an order from a a government agency limiting commerce or travel or group meetings because of coronavirus. Or the business must have experienced a significant decline in gross receipts during that calendar quarter. And that that second test, the gross receipts test, can get a little complex, but but essentially um, in general terms you're looking at whether gross receipts for the calendar quarter in 2020 are less than 50% of gross receipts for that same calendar quarter in 2019. And that that starts your eligibility for for this credit. So the intent is really to provide some liquidity to businesses that have continued to keep employees on the payroll despite experiencing economic hardship, either in the form of being shut down or having this significant decline in their gross receipts. And if a business has received the paycheck uh, protection program loan under the CARES Act, can that business also utilize the employer retention tax credit? They cannot. So that is that is one situation where the CARES Act has these sort of uh, mutually exclusive relief provisions. If you've received a paycheck protection program loan, you can't utilize the employee retention tax credit. Let's talk a little bit about the payroll tax deferral. How is it beneficial? Sure. So um, under the, the CARES Act, employers can defer payment of the employer share of Social Security tax that would otherwise be due um, during what's called the payroll tax deferral period, which began on March 27th, which was the date the CARES Act was enacted, and it ends on December 31st of this year. And this deferred liability is due in two installments. So 50% is due by the end of 2021, and then the remaining 50% is due by the end of 2022. Uh, So this is beneficial because it essentially amounts to this interest-free loan from the government. Um, the liability is just deferred, it's not forgiven, but it really allows companies that, that are struggling with cash flow to keep that cash on hand for a longer period of time. And can businesses, kind of the same question, can businesses that got the payroll protection program loan utilize the deferral? And then part B to that question, can a business utilize both the employee retention tax credit and the payroll tax deferral? 
Sure. So that has been kind of one of the tricky aspects of the CARES Act is, is these different programs. Can you, when, can, when can you use both of them or when are they mutually exclusive? And um, the CARES Act did state that the payroll tax deferral doesn't apply to businesses who have received loan forgiveness under the Paycheck Protection Program. And of course, forgiveness was one of the key, key selling points of that program. Um, but in good news, a couple of weeks ago, the IRS came out with some favorable guidance um, on how these two programs interact. And under that guidance, um, employers who have received a Paycheck Protection Program loan, but they haven't, their loan hasn't yet been forgiven, they can actually take advantage of the deferral through the date the lender issues a decision to, to forgive the loan. And then any tax that was deferred through that date continues to be deferred um, until the end of 2021 or 2022. So this is some really good news because it does allow businesses who have gotten those loans but they haven't yet received forgiveness um, to free up some cash flow currently by deferring some of um, their payroll taxes. And then on the, as far as the interaction between the um, deferral and the employee retention tax credit, um, those, you can utilize both of those um, together as well. So that was another uh, form of good news. The IRS has stated that an employer can go ahead and defer its share of Social Security tax before, um, you know, taking the, the employee retention tax credit. So you can utilize both of those programs. Wow, there's a lot of moving pieces to this uh, today for any business, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, and certainly, as always, uh, consult your tax uh, uh, expert, your your financial advisor, and your uh, uh, trusted authority to help you navigate these waters. And, and of course, Dean Dorton does provide those services. And, and with respect to small business loans, is there a place where a business... Uh, where businesses who are interested in the loans can go for guidance. Right, there is. So there, there's a few different places. Um, the Department of Treasury's website, that contains all of the frequently asked questions and some of the rules that have come out on that program. And then the Small Business Association website is also a really good resource. Um, and then I'd also, I, I know you mentioned this as well, but I encourage listeners to check out our website um, where we've got information on the loan programs as well as the payroll tax credit programs I've talked about um, and a lot of other topics as well. So if you go to deandorton.com, we've got a section that's dedicated to COVID-19 and we've been posting articles there and we've been posting new guidance as it comes out. And so um, I definitely encourage everyone to um, take advantage of some of the resources that we've put together as well. Certainly, certainly. And there's a just a wealth of information both there on the site and uh, just a lot of information for people to be processing right now. So uh, absolutely has a, a great time to talk to uh, noted uh, experts like yourself to help us uh, navigate these waters. Um, so with some recent activity, what about the subsequent act that was just signed on Friday, April 25th to replenish those funds for the PPP? Uh, is there anything new of relevance in that act? Sure. So, so that act, um, it really didn't change anything substantive as far as eligibility or, or how the program works. Um, but as you mentioned, it did appropriate actually over $300 billion additional dollars to the program. Um, so that funding had run dry, um, and, and Congress realized that they needed to, to replenish some of those funds. And, and some of that money was dedicated to smaller lenders and community-based financial organi- or institutions um, with the goal of providing relief to some smaller businesses that um, had encountered some difficulties getting a loan during that first round because maybe they didn't have a pre-existing relationship with a larger bank. Um, and so with this new round of funding, the Small Business Administration was able to resume taking applications um, this past Monday. 
So obviously, the the government continues to provide assistance. Uh, what what's your best guess about additional measures we might see in the next six months? So that, that's a great question, and I hate to say your guess is as good as mine, but uh, probably your guess is as good as mine on that. Um, I know there's there's been a lot of talk of, of funding for state and local governments that have really experienced some budget shortfalls and and have also been struggling along with a lot of businesses as a result of the crisis. Um, there's been some mention of, of additional stimulus checks for individuals, so that was a, a part of the CARES Act as well, was sending out some of these stimulus checks to individuals. And there, I know there's, I've seen some headlines about potential additional stimulus checks perhaps. Um, there might be some additional tax changes. I know that, that Congress often likes to use the tax code to put in place policy changes during times of crisis like this. And um, then we're also still waiting on some guidance on a mid-sized loan program that was created by the CARES Act as well. So there will definitely be a lot to look out for in in the coming weeks and and, and months as well. Well, as always, we will count on experts such as yourself and Dean Dorton and other tax professionals to help us find our way through this interesting uh, path that we find ourselves in today. And uh, we certainly appreciate your time. And thank you for taking the time to give us some insights, Maddie. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Fueling Kentucky, the KPMA podcast. Join us next time for more information and insights to help you with your business. 